Hi, welcome to Redeem the Commute. I'm Ryan, your host for The Money Course, and we're shifting gears a little bit. Up to now, we've been talking about budgeting, an important component of keeping watch over and understanding how we spend and uh, earn our money. And now we're going to take uh, a different tack, and we're going to look at what Christians believe about money. What did Jesus have to say about it, and how does it influence how somebody deciding to follow Jesus deals with money and possessions we're going to be using some content that was originally written for a course called Following Jesus, a course that we're going to be releasing on Redeem the Commute in entirety soon. But here's a sneak peek. Enjoy. Well, Jesus also knew that uh, money was an issue of security. Most of us will inevitably seek to establish our, our security through our possessions. And it seems like a natural, basic, common sense thing to do. Uh, and we could wonder how there's a problem with it. But the problem is, um, what matters in life is who we rely on for our, our safety, our security, who we really trust when it all comes down to it. This is the reason why Jesus said a very challenging line in the Bible. He said, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into heaven. Now, that's a challenging line. Lots of people ask me about that little story in the Bible. What Jesus is saying is not that wealth and possessions are inherently bad. He's not saying, if you have wealth and possessions, no, go away. What he's saying is that it makes it really hard to rely on God when you can rely on your own wealth and possessions. It just makes it really hard, it's, and it's, it's true. I, I, I've experienced that myself. Um, I, I once went to school with uh, an African student. He was on an exchange to the seminary that I went to. And I remember, you know, as he experienced grocery stores for the first time in North America and he saw the abundance of food, he, he said, do, do you guys have any idea what you're praying for when you pray for daily bread in the Lord's Prayer? He said, you know, you, you can say, give us this day our daily bread, but you know it's already in your house or at the grocery store around the corner and you can go and buy it. He's saying it's completely different at home. I actually have to pray for my daily bread because there isn't any unless I pray for it. It's easy when we have wealth and possessions to rely on our own accumulation of wealth or our own earning power um, to, to take care of us. Things like food and shelter. We, it's easy to just trust ourselves for them. When we don't have wealth and possessions, we don't have that, that veneer of, of us doing all those things. We can much more e easily rely on God and see God as the actual source of those things. When we just buy food at a grocery store, it's hard for us to see where it really comes from, right? That it's actually come from uh, a distribution center where it came from a farmer, where it came from the earth, where it came from sun and rain that are completely out of our control. Farmers can tweak a few things here and there, add some nutrients, um, but they can't make the rain fall from the sky. They can't make the sun shine or not. A good growing season is out of their hands. It's in God's hands. And we can totally miss that fact when we are so far removed from, uh, from the reality of where our food comes from. It's very closely connected with, um, with our, our reliance on God. The further we, we are from living hand to mouth, the more we can rely on us and our systems and our wealth for all the good things in life rather than God. Remember, 
following Jesus is about having him at the center of our lives and having everything else revolve around him, properly ordered around a relationship with Christ. However, when we have wealth and possessions, it's very easy to slowly move them to the center of our lives and rely and trust on them. Now, once again, I need to mention, Jesus is not saying here that money and possessions are inherently evil, that that they in themselves are bad things, you have to get rid of them all. What the Bible does say, what Paul says in, in the letter to Timothy, the first letter to Timothy, is the love of money is the root of all evil. Everything to do with following Jesus always comes back to our hearts. Because of grace, you remember that that graph I drew to illustrate grace, how how grace starts with God loving us unconditionally, wanting to be part of our lives, give us good things, adopt us into his family, such that we can um, begin to, to follow and obey his laws. It always comes back to the heart, right? It's, it's not about your outward actions. It's about your attitude towards God and your willingness to know and follow him and to love him, to be a part of his family, and then to want to live out the house rules. That's what matters, and it's the same with money. Um, it's not that money is, is a ticket into heaven or the opposite. It's not that money keeps you out. <laughs> it's that it's about our attitudes and our real willingness to rely and trust on God. And if we have money and possessions, it does make it hard to rely and trust on God because we can rely and trust on our money so much. Jesus also knew that money was an issue of satisfaction. He knew that uh, left to our own designs, we inevitably try to find satisfaction and fulfillment through our possessions. Lots of people do it, right? That, uh, That old man I saw probably looked like he could buy happiness, right? He, He seemed to be having a grand old time, but actually he, he just bought companionship. He hadn't really bought friendship. I could tell when I saw him alone. You can only buy substitutes. You can buy companionship, you can't buy friendship or love. You can buy the odd laugh, you can't buy real joy though that just wells up inside you. You can buy amusement and entertainment, but you can't buy happiness. Sometimes you can even buy solitude, but you can't buy peace. True contentment and satisfaction in life um, can't be bought. There's something that come from within. There's something that come from God, His Holy Spirit living and working in us. It's so easy to chase after those substitutes, though. When we, when we do find life is less than we know it should be, we start to think, okay, well, I just need a better substitute then. I just need to buy more friendship or companionship. I just need to, to, to buy more amusement. That's what I need. I just need more and more and more. When in fact, we, we neglect that it's a spiritual issue in our hearts. We can just keep on adding more and more and more, saying, okay, I must just need another, a, a bigger, a better. But our true desires can't be satisfied by possessions. Uh, Augustine, who we quote several times in this course, lived centuries and centuries ago, and and he poured out his heart one day to God and prayed, you have made us for yourselves, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. We should pay attention to God any time we find a restlessness in our lives that we just don't seem to be able to resolve. It means our hearts are just restless because they haven't found their rest in God. 
Think of that God-shaped hole, right? It hasn't been filled properly yet. We're just trying to shove other things in there that really don't fit. Jesus knew about that and more, and so he talked about money, talked about possessions, because he wanted us to be who we were created to be once again. In order to do that, we have to learn a new way of life in every part of life, including money and possessions. That can be a hard thing to do, but it is a major, major issue for many of us in following Jesus. Our faith frequently has as much to do uh, with our bank books as our prayer books. We can go to church Sundays, we can profess to be followers of Jesus, but so often our visa bill tells a different story and is one of the last things to be transformed in actually following Jesus. Now, as I've always said, it's a process, right? But people have often remarked that Uh, the waters of baptism hit the wall at last. It's just that one thing that we often want to hold back that makes us nervous, that actually makes us afraid. We think, okay, I'm willing to give my whole life to you, God. I'll, I'll transform, you know, how I spend my Sunday mornings. I'll transform, you know, how I act at work. I'll be a nicer person. I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to transform, um, my family life. Um, but money, that's scary. What if? What if it doesn't work and I can't afford that? What if it doesn't work and I, and, and I can't retire like I thought I would? What if we start to ask those questions and we're revealing who our God really is? We're willing to let God be our God up to a certain point, but then it turns out money has more power than we really thought it did. We've got to pay attention to those kinds of moments. Which of these issues most easily prevents you from following Jesus more fully? Have a great discussion. I'll see you tomorrow.